Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Now, I'm reading today from Acts chapter 9. This is a very important chapter because it contains the conversion of Saul. This is where Saul encounters Jesus. So a lot of other things take place in the chapter, but mainly this is memorable because the events of chapter 9 are going to affect the church of Jesus Christ until Jesus returns, because Saul of Tarsus is about to become Paul the Apostle. Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he didn't eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and about all of the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here now with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings, to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. 
but his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydia. There he found a man named Aenus, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aenus, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aenus got up. And those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that same time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa. So, when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please, come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All of the widows stood around about him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still alive. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. So Saul, the great learned Jewish man who was firmly in opposition to Jesus, and his followers, which at that time were known by the term the way, followers of the way. Saul was in opposition to them. He was known for persecuting them. He had gotten permission to go as far as Damascus in Syria to go and find Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem on charges of apostasy. So we read in verse 1, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's that term for Christianity was the way, whether he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now, this was an earth-shattering moment, not only for Saul, 
but it was a pivotal moment for the early church because this same Saul is going to become Paul, the great apostle, who wrote the largest number of letters in the New Testament. The epistles of Paul had become the doctrinal foundation of the church, really. So along with the Gospels, the writings of Saul are incredibly invaluable to the church and have been for 2,000 years. But this is his moment. This is where he comes to Jesus and recognizes him as the Son of God. This is the same Jesus that Saul previously thought was a fraud. This is the same Jesus that Saul had persecuted the disciples of Jesus relentlessly. Now he appears to Saul. And he tells Saul that he's Jesus, and uh, he's been persecuting Jesus himself. The men that were with Saul didn't hear the voice. They didn't understand what was going on. But when Saul got up from the ground, he was blind. So they led him into Damascus, and uh, he was there three days blind, and he immediately went on a fast. It said he didn't eat or drink anything. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit moves on a, a man named Ananias. This is not the same Ananias who was killed in an earlier chapter of Acts for lying to the Holy Spirit. Ananias was a fairly common name in that generation. And so a Jewish believer named Ananias had a vision, a visitation from the Lord. And the Lord told him about Saul and that he needed to go to him and lay his hands on him and pray for his sight to be restored. Ananias resisted because he was well aware that Saul was a persecutor of the followers of the way, the followers of Jesus. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, this is a prophetic word from God himself to Ananias. It actually contains the edict the Lord would later give Paul to proclaim his name to the Gentiles. This is contained in the prophecy. Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles and their kings but also to the people of Israel, because he came back and testified to the people of Israel. And the prophecy says, I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name. And of course, Paul was persecuted himself and beaten and stoned and shipwrecked and many attempts on his life. And so after this, Ananias goes, he lays his hands on Saul. Saul receives his sight. He's baptized in water. And then verse 20, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, friends, if there's ever been a 180-degree turnaround, this is it. Because four days earlier, he's persecuting the people of God, imprisoning them, both men and women, desiring to drag them to Jerusalem in chains for following Jesus. Now he's preaching Jesus. Not only Jesus is the Messiah, but Jesus is the Son of God. And so the hearers were astonished. They, um, they tried to take him and kill him, but they didn't kill him. Then he goes to Jerusalem. He debates with the Hellenistic Jews there. They want to kill him because this Saul of Tarsus is suddenly the bold witness for Jesus Christ. And Saul is sent off to his hometown of Tarsus to get away from the persecution. We'll get back to Saul directly. But it says that the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria— enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Now, this was after all of this persecution. But it says, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. We want our churches to live in the fear of the Lord. That's to respect God for who He is, to reverence the Almighty, and to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit and to increase in numbers. And so, Lord, just as you did in that generation— You caused your people to have the fear of the Lord. Lord, your word says 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I pray, Almighty God, that the fear of the Lord would come on me and our church and every listener and every church represented in the listening audience. May the fear of the living God come on the people of God. May we be encouraged by your Holy Spirit, and may your church be increased in numbers. Lord, you come and do this great thing now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.